What are you, what are you fucking going? guys doing? Hey, I'm waiting on my cue to go. What, 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 what are you guys? Where's the guy? What happened to Byron? <laughs> he did, he came back over. What are you Red, just, dude, just sit in the yeah. fucking couch. I'm not fucking sitting on this fucking sit couch. On the no, just sit on this it. This fucker is staying more than the sun. Byron, you see all the stains? I'm yelling at him. Byron, get the fuck out of here. Red, sit down in the couch, man. I'm not fucking sitting in this couch. It got more stains than a three-hour stay motel on this bitch. How would you even know that, dude? Like, I don't care if a rat popped out of it. You're fucking up the beginning. You're supposed to no, be. I'm not you're supposed to be the, the czar of sustainability. I'm not fucking sitting. The shit I do for this. I'm not fucking sitting on this couch, dude. It's all, right. all kind of DNA, specimen on here. Fuck no. Then, then go over, go over, go over to that fucking mattress and lay down, man. Hurry up. I'm not fucking, the mattress got more fucking stains than the fucking, look, this is some bullshit, I thought we was no bullshit, I'm not laying on this. His body, I tell you, it's bullshit, your body ready to use the same ass stain joke in, in 30 seconds. By, by ring, get it. Yeah, the, the best I can do right here, here we go, this is the best I can do, I'm gonna have to lice on this Dude, when I come back out now. there, you, be, you better be laying in that couch, dude. And just check it, check it for dead housewives from Gross Point before you do. Oh. <laughs> what is he doing to that couch? He's starting to rub it. Oh, this is weird. Get me out of here. Start the show. Live from downtown Detroit, it's no PS3 okay. with my main man, Barney Na 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 na. No bullshit. Consistent breaking news. Double or bullshit. Double or bullshit. What? It, whatever happened to diet for your art? Listen, let's get to the show. Uh, we got gun uh, historic gun legislation. Signed in Michigan today, uh, joining us to, to make sense of that's former chief of the Detroit Police, Ralph Cobby. Karen is always with us. But let's just begin with what we know. Oh, who is that red now? Is Am I hearing red? Is he laying on that couch now? I, pot him down. Pot, pot that guy down. Now he's on the couch. Mike, right. <laughs> get your head out of there and relax. Let, let the young man do. All right, look. Had not the Ingham County prosecutor legally twisted a bicycle into an automobile, Anthony McRae would not have been able to purchase the handguns used during his murder rampage across the MSU campus exactly two months ago. But prosecutors did contort the thesaurus, thus revealing the threadbare cape of the criminal justice system, which routinely waves through gun charges to keep the system from collapsing in this state. Let me take you back to June 7th, 2019, at 2 o'clock in the morning. This is where it starts. It was a textbook stop. Officer James Zolnai was patrolling Northeast Street due to a rash of robberies in Lansing. Zolnai came upon McRae sitting in a darkened lot on the steps of a shuttered business. About 10 feet away stood a 10-speed bike. 
How you doing, Zelani asked, according to his own body cam video. What's the word? You work here? No, replied McCray, and he reaches into his breast pocket. You got any weapons on you, the cop asked. McCray pulls out a pack of Newport 100s. After studying through himself, McCray admits he's carrying a 380. Actions which are unusual and suspicious and may point to criminal activity that can be used to detain and search a person. Remember, McCray was sitting in the dark in an area of recent robberies when he reached into his pocket. As Zolnai cuffs and frisks him, McCray admits he does not have a license to carry a concealed weapon. It is loaded with a hollow point bullet in the chamber. McCray was arrested and charged with felony carrying a concealed weapon. Nowhere in the 18-minute body cam video does McCray touch or even mention the bicycle. McCray was assigned a public defender who argued in 2019 that the officer did not have reasonable suspicion to search him. The judge scheduled a hearing for October 24th. But on October 24th, there was no hearing. There's a plea deal. The felony charge, which would have barred McCray from ever again possessing a firearm, is dropped. Instead, McCray accepts a misdemeanor charge of transporting or possessing a loaded firearm in or upon a vehicle propelled by mechanical means. It's important. Copying to the misdemeanor would allow McCray to later purchase the firearms he would use to murder three college students and critically wound five more. And it all lay in the novel plea deal cooked up by the prosecutor, whereby the bicycle was now considered a vehicle propelled by mechanical means. Now went to school. Never mind that McCray was neither in or upon the bicycle. The Michigan Compiled Law 257.4 defines a bicycle as a device propelled by human power. Veteran criminal defense lawyers were astounded with the legal contortion. A bicycle, says Ray Page, a friend of the show and a Detroit lawyer who's represented more than 500 people in murder cases. I never heard of that, Page says. Why didn't they just charge him with carrying a concealed weapon? Right. Now, the parents of Ethan Crumbly, the Oxford High School shooter, faced four counts of involuntary manslaughter accused of abetting their son's deadly shooting spree. Will the Ingham County Prosecutor's Office face similar scrutiny? It's doubtful. Consider that McCray did not honor the terms of his probation, which were amended twice because he was smoking weed. He was never violated or put in jail. The day after the MSU shooting, Attorney General Dana Nessel, using the candlelight vigil as a prop behind her, tells CNN's Wolf Blitzer, I want to know why. Yes, madam, we all do. So when I call your office last week to inquire about what you found out, no one of authority would take my call. And then there's the question of statements from McCray's neighbors who claimed they called Lansing police on numerous occasions to complain that McCray was firing a pistol from his back porch even during the time of his probation when he wasn't supposed to be smoking weed or having a gun and he's supposed to be working and he's not supposed to be out late at night. The chief of police told the press, told the people through the press that officers never responded to shots fire calls to McCray's address. But we now know Lansing likes to play with words. In 44 months, 
Police responded to a whopping 134 calls for service to McRae's block alone. And believe me, we got new gun laws. They wouldn't have done a damn thing in this case. It exposes a lot, and this story will continue, as will the program, after a word from our sponsors. Yeah, all right, guys. Want me to read it? I asked you a fucking question. Hey, guys. Action is not a sound financial strategy. If so I ask, call Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748 okay, for sound financial Fucking weird-ass vibe. Just be part of it. Oh, is that it? Did we just screw that commercial? Hello? Okay, that's cool, because Mark's out of town. Thanks for filling in, Matt, Mike. It's cool. No, it is. That's what happens. Everybody needs a vacation. We don't quit. No Bullshit News Hour is brought to you by Luke Nowacki. Reminding you, overreaction is not a straight... I can't figure out the market, Bernie. I can't figure... I, I don't know what's going I'm listening to financial shows. I'm reading. I don't know. Did you, did you get help with your financials? Your money's not just sitting in the bank now? Right, you made a move to call Nowacki. Indeed, I keep telling everybody. Uh, get a, a strategy tailored to you. Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Well, 248-663-4748. Also, in keeping with your financial health, Legacy Partners Insurance. They're, they called, oh shit, I got a call from them yesterday. I was busy in Lansing. We're going to bring you. The Lansing video that's going to put it all in perspective. This story's not over. And I got a call from Alex just checking in on me. Who checks in on my insurance? <laughs> I haven't used any insurance. He just called me. I said, I'll call you back. Everything's great. Al, thanks for calling. I'll call you back at 586-209-4106. Save money, same time. It, Bernie, how's your insurance going? Do you, not even a blink. $5,000 claim on your truck. $9,000 claim right there. Not a blink, right? You called them straight away. Yes. Right? How, how many times are you trying to, you can't get a hold of your insurance. People, it's months of bullshit. I got nothing but great things to say about Legacy Partners. 586-209-4106. Call, tell them I sent you. And Hall uh, Financial. Again, I don't know what's going on. There's going to be more housing stock online than ever. I don't know what interest rates are going to, I don't know if the Fed's going to hold. Lock in, shop, consolidate debt. Your home is your greatest asset. If you're looking for one or you have one, the place to go is Hall Financial, 866-CALL-HALL, or get started by going to callhallfirst.com. Remember, what's credit card Pay, payment? What's the, what's the insurance rate? 20? Is it 20? 25? Who the fuck would pay that? What's a home People that don't have money, Charlie. That's the thing. When, when you don't have or manage your money, then people use credit cards to get by. So. Well, I'm, I'm telling you then, if, if you own a home, don't be a fool. Pay less for the money you're borrowing than yeah. more for the money you're borrowing. It's, That's it's true. silly. It's just simple math. Callhallfirst.com. Okay, Karen. I want to yes. welcome in Ralph. Ralph, are you there? Charlie, I'm here. Karen, how you doing? 
I'm fine, sir. How are you? Always good to see you. Likewise. Let me see here. So um, you listen to that open, Ralph, Karen. Yeah. Uh, here, here's where I want to start with is we, we had historic gun legislation today. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But Ralph, in your experience as the chief of the Detroit police, you were the chief of the Detroit school police. How often would you come, let's say, with somebody with an assault with intent to murder and a weapon charge and a weapon charge will be dropped and the assault charge would be lowered and they'd be put on the street and you pick them up with a weapon again. How often does that happen in big counties? It is uh, far too frequent. And, you know, and, and, until we stop playing around, Charlie, uh, and putting lipstick on a pig, uh, red flag laws are, you know, there is a both and it's not an either or. But the reality is, if you look at New York in the 80s and you look at the astronomical number of homicides that they were experiencing, over the years, um, the reason why homicides and gun crime dropped precipitously is because prosecutors, if you carried a gun in New York, you did five years. There was no plea bargain. Uh, there was they, they disincentivized carrying a weapon. And, you know, out of the stop and frisk, which they showed a correlation, but no causation. And we found out eventually that, that didn't have a damn thing to do with reducing crime in New York. But the reality is you have to disincentivize carrying a gun illegally. And you've got to, I mean, you can't, you can't play games with that. Uh, there are other crimes that you can maybe, you know, be a little bit more liberal uh, socially. But when it comes to carrying a gun uh, without authorization, you've got to, you've got to drop the hammer. Because otherwise, you put that tool in people's hands. And even with the best of intentions, the best of red flag laws, uh, I, I just don't see it making the significant difference it can. Now, here's what um, we got. Here's what we got today. We don't have the red flag law. Let me, uh, for the listener, here's what Governor Whitmer, it's being uh, pushed in the press that it's two months mm -hmm. since the MSU campus shooting. And right. this, this and Oxford has a lot to do with these laws. Neither of these laws would have prevented MSU, but it would have, it would have prevented Oxford possibly. So for sure, number mm -hmm. one, there are background checks for rifles and shotguns now purchased between two private individuals. It's important to say, currently in Michigan, if you want to buy a pistol from a gun shop, you're getting a background check. If you right. want to buy a pistol from each other, you have to submit to a background check before you make the transaction. If you buy a long arm, a rifle or a shotgun from the gun shop, you go through a, a, a background check. Now, yes. finally, the, the last loophole is if you want to exchange long arms amongst each other, you must also submit to it. To me, it's not that onerous. You? No, it's not. Karen, it's not. You, it's Karen, absolutely not. Carry? No, it makes sense. It may, I mean, but the thing is, Charlie and Karen, I mean, it, the NRA versus NRA members, and that's the, that, that's the nuance that we usually forget. Uh, not, but, I mean, there's nothing that Americans agree on pretty much anymore in a very divided country. But one thing they do damn agree on is reasonable uh, gun legislation, uh, closing the, uh, the, the loophole on background checks. That's, I mean, that that's a no-brainer. Like you said, Charlie, it's not onerous at all. Uh, but the excuses that uh, the ultra-conservative right is giving for just not doing a damn thing, uh, it, it is, it, it, it's reprehensible. It really is. But we, you haven't seen... 
you haven't seen in this state any mass protest and everybody in here right now that you can't see the two guys filling in uh i hope i'm not speaking out of church bernie the owner of this establishment you ralph karen me we're all weapons owners no, right. Absolutely. Licensed, licensed weapons. Weapon. Yeah. yeah, multiple licensed weapon owners. Yeah. So yes. most of us like th this is no great step. If you want no gun laws whatsoever, you can go to Arizona. It's, it's perfect yeah. for you. There's n not really a problem here. The second uh, and I, I should probably, you know, read what I prepared. The second law passed today was the storage of a gun. If the owner of a gun has a minor living in the house. You must properly store the gun, must lock it, must not be loaded. Uh, and if that gun, only if that gun is used by a minor to kill themselves or others, the owner can be charged with a fel felony up to 15 and a $7,500 fine. If the minor uses the gun to injure someone, the owner could face a, a five-year felony. So it's basically lock up the gun when you have a kid in the house, the government has no right and they're not coming to check your house. That's not in the legislation. This right. is if something happens that you weren't taking care of your weapons, you're now going to be responsible for that injury. Uh, young Matt, you no problem with that, right? No problem at all. I mean, do you got some you got some you got some weaponry? I do. I do yeah. You should probably talk into a microphone if you're talking. Yep. I'm yeah, training no these guys, man. Sorry, Ralph. Coy ploy <laughs> here. Go ahead. What you say? <laughs> I said that I have no problems with responsible ownership of it, keeping it locked up. You got kids in the house. They shouldn't in any way, shape, or form have access. Loaded or not, kids should not be touching your guns. Um, and and no by the way, I will say this, and I'll, I'll give it to you too, uh, Karen and, and Ralph. Okay, that's your choice, and it's it's your right not yes. to lock that thing up in your house with your kids. Mm -hmm. You do it. I understand. I understand the households. I understand the country. I understand teaching mm -hmm. the kid that that's a tool and respecting it. Just the point is, if something goes wrong with that, you're doing time. And that makes sense, Charlie. I mean, you, you're free to do it, but you're not free of the consequences right. of, 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 of if that child hurts themselves, hurts somebody else because of your irresponsibility. So you're not being penalized. You're not being made to do a, a doggone thing, but you have to be held accountable for your, your failure. And, and that's negligence. And most criminal law you look at, uh, tort law, you look at uh, negligence is something that is contemplated. So, uh, you know, I, I think again, these are reasonable and I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're Democrat. I don't care if you're independent, reasonable people understand that that makes sense. Yeah, I don't, you know, Karen, I don't think it's getting to the point. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Like, wh where's your Not head at? Not at all. Where, and if you speak yeah, to each I don't, other. I don't think, I, this isn't a political issue, Charlie. I mean, because, you know, well, bullets don't have political parties on there. Well, everybody politicizes everything, but I think everybody wants their families, their friends, their communities, and certainly our children to be safe. Um, and, and like Ralph said, I mean, the, the onus now is on you. The community, the the pub, the city police, the county—they've been giving out free gun locks forever, uh, and people yes. still don't lock up their weapons. But there's also a concern in the community about access. You know that conversation, Ralph. You know has happened a lot yes. when people are afraid they want to have immediate access to their weapon in case they're somehow compromised. But the other side of that is making sure 
that children are either aware, trained, or do not have access to that weapon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, a lot of places and the community is a lot of places. So uh, let me say yeah, the, com the community, Sanilac County for the, this is exactly how lots of that's everywhere. Feel. It, yeah, it is that's it, we're everywhere. I'm and not saying gonna, I'm not, I didn't say an urban area any I, community. I never used to lock my weapon. Yeah, ever. I want access to it. Somebody coming. I'm living in Oakland, California with bars on my doors. I'm living in Hollywood, like at Western and Melrose. Like I got helicopters. In my yard, you know, beaming down into my yard. That's not locked up. Oh, fuck no. Right. But I got a kid now. So if I don't want it locked up, I get one of those hand safes. You put your palm on it and it pops right open. Because the the, the life that's most dear, precious is not my own. It's it's my kids. It's the child. Absolutely. Yep. And kids in the, has to be involved in this. And Charlie, can I make a very quick point? Ralph, um, we, I begged you all day to come on. You, you're here to make the choice all day long. <laughs> But, uh, you know, for years, the ATF has done studies on where uh, source guns and where they come from. And the reason why responsible gun ownership, uh, it, it, it makes sense. If you talk to gun owners, uh, if I have multiple guns, I don't need all of them unlocked and loaded at the same time, especially if I'm out of town or something. Because one of the biggest sources of illegal guns are break-ins, B&Es. Is that right? So if somebody breaks in your house, Yes. And that has been consistent over the years. And the ATF, they uh, do those studies. Uh, they, they, they give that information to police departments because it's, it's critical to know where the guns are coming from. So if somebody's breaking in a house, uh, you know, and you don't have a, a gun chest, if you don't have your guns locked up. And again, you're right. When I'm home, I'm locked in for the night. I want to have access to everything I need to protect my domicile. But when I'm away from home or if I've got a child in that home, you have to contemplate, okay, what does it mean to leave this gun just sitting around and to have access? So, so, so they're moving in the right direction. I'm encouraged. I'm very much encouraged. But, I mean, you know you're going to have those naysayers. And like Karen said, this is something that should not be politicized because arguably, you look at Oxford. I don't know the political leanings of the people and the parents in those schools, in that school district. But reasonably, knowing the voting patterns in that part of Oakland County, I would venture to say it's a, it's a fair number of Republicans that have children that go to the Oxford school system. And you talk to those parents that had to identify their children. You talk to parents that had to identify their children in a Sandy Hook, and you understand what an AR-15 does to a, bo a body because of the trajectory of that bullet and how the small entry wound, but it just it just destroys tissue as it goes through. You ask those people, they don't. It's not about Democrat or Republican. It's about appreciating life enough for us as Americans to say, "Hey, we could put our political differences aside." I don't care if you got twenty guns. I don't care if you carry zero. How can we responsibly protect our our communities to make sure? That because if you you put all the mental health well yeah uh, we, we, let me look at it like this let's let's go it, it, before we just pile a bunch of stuff on Sandy Hook these laws wouldn't have helped because no. that woman those were her legally owned weapons her nineteen I believe he was nineteen nineteen year old but an assault weapons ban would have Charlie yeah but we're not talking assault weapons ban you know and they're but not we assault be. weapons we well, well we can get into that in a minute but they're not assault mm. weapons they're they're semi-automatic rifles. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. Assault weapon is a military-grade weapon. These are different, but I know what they are, right? Yes. High speed, long distance. 
heavy, very he- little he- recoil. Heavy munition, yeah, a magazine, and it's it's automatically fed by its own yeah. gas propulsion. Yeah. yeah, you can go a long way with it. But this wouldn't have helped in Sandy Hook. But this law today would have helped, would have stopped Oxford. Might not have stopped yes. it, but there'd be no question that these parents are are going to prison, and it's a mm-hmm. novel defense by Karen McDonald. And they just might, but now there's no doubt about it. So you don't really yes. have a choice. And I'm, I must say, you know, Ralph, you were going to run for Congress. I'm like, yeah, I get asked to run for stuff. I'm like, should I say what I feel? Of course I should. It's no bullshit. I, I, yeah. it's, it's a long time coming for this. I, I don't really have a problem, and nobody's going to have a problem because I know the people that are responsible are already responsible. Yes. This is, this is for the nuts. You know, this is for the ones Absolutely. that don't have control of their weapon or their house. Mm-hmm. It's it's a shame we have to, but we do. Well, we just have at some so point. We got we we got we got to also think about and and whether it's this conversation or another about the proliferation of illegal weapons. I mean, we have so mm-hmm. many crimes and fatalities that result from stolen guns or unregistered guns, unlawful gun holders. So that that's an issue too. This is a start. I applaud that initiative, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, I don't know. And Karen, that. you're right. And it's got to be comprehensive. Uh, and, and you've got to look at mm-hmm. the bigger, you know, you've got to look at it from a 30,000 foot point of view and say, okay, this one piece will stop this or will help mitigate this. You can't stop anything right. 100%, but you can mitigate and, and reduce the risk exponentially if you do something. Doing nothing for sure ain't going to help the damn problem. How, well, how and about that's this? the problem that's frustrating. Like I'm gonna, I wanna, uh, and and when when we show this video, it's coming, guys. And and thank you for filling in. You know, busting ass, but it's really beautiful to be here. I'm gonna give you a title. There'll be no money, but you're gonna get titles. <laughs> gonna it's gonna make you money. We have so many gun. I, you know, I, I'm just trying to see it all. And I live in the real world, Ralph. We Karen, we go back to 2008 together. Yes. How many times I've just seen slam dunk murder suspects allowed to go walk and do it again we have so many laws we have so many charges already put there and nobody willing in the criminal justice system which is overcrowded and underfunded and we're, we're playing bullshit so i find it really interesting in democratic places if we're going to t- particularly democratic places where we don't want to we don't want to like you said earlier ralph we don't want to enforce those laws and there's got to be yeah. when we get you like this mccray dude zero tolerance you're gonna yeah. get your felony the judge is allowed to give you zero days in incarceration mm-hmm. and you get to go about your life you never get to legally buy one again and if we catch you then you get that minimum too why don't we build yes. a minimum security facility right minimum security for gun violators, you pick up garbage, and if we catch a walk in a 7-Eleven, you're violated, and you're going to state. Why don't we do that? Why aren't we investing in that instead of a uh, billion dollars for a Chinese battery company? I don't understand what we're doing and what we're arguing about. And, and Charlie, that makes so much sense. It, it makes so much sense because, again, and, and, you and Charlie, say I you made just, sense. Yeah, you this made is a Ralph Gabby. Do you know yes. Ralph Gobby is a big criminologist in the United States? He is. He understands. He understands the disproportionate sentences people get by race. Yes. He understands yes. class. He understands race. He understands the history. But he just agreed that that wasn't crackpot. What I said. It's not, and I'll tell you why, Charlie. 
because disproportionately black and brown people are the most devastated by gun violence even though it gets national news when it's uh you know and and believe me it should and there's the six people in nashville and three nine-year-olds but i mean in black communities this happens every day it, it, you know and, and we and it can't talk no about it gets, it gets no press it coverage no, TV, no press coverage multiple uh shootings that would fit the criteria for what the national um uh, criminologists call a mass shooting incident uh i mean charlie i used to have those for lunch you know i mean daily and you you know it you covered it karen you know it you know being a, a spokesperson a chief spokesperson for the city we have to talk about these issues and answer to our citizens every day so charlie what you're talking about is absolutely right now I, you know me charlie i'm a criminal justice reform proponent I, I i'm against the disproportionate number of black and brown people that are incarcerated but when it comes to stopping the bleeding because even though we talk about the the, the blacks that are disproportionately incarcerated there's a disproportionate number of blacks that are victims and we got to advocate just as hard for those victims so there's a balance and when it comes to carrying guns illegally and doing damage on our communities, that's where you got to draw a line in the sand. I'm as liberal as the next guy. Uh, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of crap that I'm very liberal about. But when it comes to carrying that gun illegally, and it, notice I'm saying illegally, if you're responsible, you carry it, you do the right thing, you 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 you've demonstrated that you earn that right in this society, then yes. But there are too many people that get a hold of guns that there is no ramifications for carrying a gun illegally. And again, look at New York. The numbers don't lie. I mean, Plaxico Burris, it took him off of the NFL map because he had a gun in a club in New York. Changed the trajectory of his life. So you're a black man, black chief of police in a majority yes. black town. Give me a proportion of, by race, of who mm -hmm. you picked up carrying a pistol illegally what, what would what would that racial breakdown be percentage wise well it is, uh, let, let, let me give it context yeah because yeah, you know detroit is 80 percent black city yes and, and and crime in general is about proximity more than it is race so to give thank it context, you for that. thank you for that all right so 85 percent of, of of white victims of crime the perpetrator is white yep it's, it's higher in the black community uh i think it's like 90 to 92 percent that stays pretty consistent but the majority of people that I've, I've i've overseen arrest or arrested with guns illegally in detroit they're black and the victims of shootings are black so you know i don't get into the black and black black on black crime um conversation from the well, standpoint I'm, of, I'm doing this because you yeah. know like when you go to the rural mm -hmm. counties you yeah, will see 90 yeah. percent of the people picked up are mm -hmm. white and right. now we're talking socioeconomic stuff yes because now yeah. you're, you're not really picking people up in the suburbs black mm -hmm. or white right. who are engaging in the behavior mm -hmm. of carrying an illegal weapon yes and we, i think we got to do something you know and it's it's a lot of it's class-based yes about discouraging it, 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 this mm -hmm. kind of behavior yes this sounds crazy when i say it to people charlie but if you remember the the the, the uh la cosa nostra and organized crime do i remember my no one forget about it 
the, the purple gang. And, and, and my point has always been the, the thing about organized crime was there was a financial incentive to their business model and their violence had a purpose to it. And it was to regulate their industry. They didn't have a stock market. They didn't have uh, speculative uh, stocks. They regulated using violence. However, they also made sure that there was a, a, a ethos on the street or honor among thieves. Children wasn't involved. Families wasn't involved. And if you were with your family, it was off limits. But we've gotten so far away from that. And there are just so many kids out here with access to guns. No honor among thieves. And it is just a much different dynamic. And that's why what you said, Charlie, about some type of incarceration model that deals specifically with gun carriers. And if you deal with that and you take because when we were when I was chief, uh, we dealt with the ATF. And the reason why we were successful uh, in, in, in reducing violent crime, because we targeted the trigger pullers and those that carry guns illegally. We don't. And, and we got to stop this lie about somebody trying to take your guns. I don't want your damn gun. I want you to stop killing people. I want people that should not have a gun in their hand that objectively everybody can say, yep. But we can't keep saying it after the fact. Because it's too late. There's too many bodies left in the street to say it after the fact. We've got to be more proactive in how we deal with it. And Charlie, you got to disincentivize carrying a gun illegally until you get to that point and stop playing games. And, you know, and uh, again, I am the guy. I love diversion programs. I love to see people get another chance. But you've got to draw a line in the sand when that second chance means that some innocent person dies because we didn't do enough. No second chances. Like, I didn't say prison time. I didn't say jail time. Mm -hmm. You get serious about it. No second chances with the yes. illegal concealed pistol. What? Just none. You, you're now yes. lost your right. You, you, you blew Because it. now, but, but Charlie, what's the risk in taking a chance to carry a gun illegally now? What's the none. risk? Well, you know what? That's great you say that. First of all, before I answer that, with some evidence, mm -hmm. I want to repeat what you said. This will be the title of the program today, Ralph. I don't want your gun. I want you to stop killing people. And we all want that. Now, what's the incentive? Can, I went to Lansing, and I, I, mm -hmm. I promise everybody, I'm not dropping what happened in East Lansing. I'm not. I'm going to see it through. I'm going to find out exactly what happened. But So if you don't mind, I want to show you the incentive or the disincentive. There is none. Yes. Can, can we roll this tape, please? How you doing? What's the word, man? You work here? No. Yeah. The Michigan State shooting rampage did not have to be. The gunman, Anthony McRae, was known to authorities. You got any weapons on you or anything like that? Yeah. You have a weapon on you? Yeah. What do you have? Uh, 380. 380? Come on, put your hands on your back real quick. I'm just going to detain you for a second, okay? Can you put your cigarette out? He was arrested for carrying a concealed pistol in 2019, which would have prevented him from buying a gun. But the prosecutor agreed to a plea deal, a misdemeanor, transporting a loaded weapon in a vehicle. But McRae didn't have a car. He had a bicycle. The charge was a fabrication to push the case through the system. 
Ingham County, home of state government and Michigan State University, isn't serious about gun laws. The self-described progressive prosecutor has moved on. He's now a state judge. There have been 81 mass shootings in America since MSU. 81. Thoughts and prayers. And then they move on. But we refuse to move on. We want answers. You know, this is an individual who, first of all, um, you know, had just been removed from probation. We know that during the period of time that he was on probation, it was extended. We're still not clear on why that was. Um, and he had this very recent weapons offense. We do so little to prevent people who are in that set of circumstances. I mean, somebody who is having mental health issues, somebody who just, just had been uh, illegally possessing a gun, and look how easy it was for him to uh, obtain a, a weapon, even in the wake of all that. So we went to the Ingham County Courthouse. McRae was sentenced to transporting a firearm in a vehicle, a misdemeanor. That lesser charge allowed him to later legally purchase his murder weapon. McRae was given probation and twice blew it off. He was warned by the judge, but never spent a day in jail. If he violates probation, you send him to jail, up to two years. They did nothing. There was a welfare check at the address on Howell Street on February 5th, but was not related to the accused. And LPD has not been called in any way to any shots fired at this address. We now know the frat house of Lansing politics likes to play with words. A bicycle is a car. Jail is just an abstract. And gun charts aren't shots at all if cops don't write it down. But listen to the neighbors. Police responded a whopping 134 times to this sleepy neighborhood between the night McRae was arrested for the gun and the night he went on his murder spree. McRae often fired a pistol from his back porch. The police said there was never any calls out here, but I found out they'd been out here over 100 times in three years. Oh, they've responded over there several times. I don't know if it was, you know, because of, you know, their problem that they had over there, but there's always been problems on that corner. I've seen you know, the police presence show up quite a bit in the past couple of years. Was it over gunshots usually? I've heard gunshots, in the, you know, yes. Did you hear gunshots? Come, you're right behind him. Yeah, I was in the backyard one day. I scared the shit out when I was back there working in the yard. It was when he was on probation, he was still firing that gun? Oh my, and the police were out here. Two or three times I seen him come down right after the. He chucked one of the police was there. He did. Yeah. While the police were here. Yeah. He, you could hear him shooting. He shot one time. Yeah. And you you were here too. Yeah, I heard that police wasn't there in the truck. I don't know if he he heard or no. I don't know if I can hear in my in my videos. I don't know if I can hear that chat. But yeah. Oh, you have videos of the police here. Yeah, I got videos, but I don't know if see, I can go way long back. Hmm. Yeah. So there's some videotape of the police here. It's coming down to your word and the chief. And I know the truth when I see it. Freedom of Information Act cost me $1,000. I want every call to service in the last 44 months. You know how many there were? 134. For over here? This house, just, just, just the houses around it only. They're, they're using the house like saying there was no calls to the actual house. It was to the area. So, you know what I mean, they're using that as an excuse that that wasn't for that issue. 
but for the gunshots. It, obviously, it, it was. But Just nobody could pinpoint the house. So. But I talked to a few neighbors. They're like, "Yeah, no, it's that house." Right. Mm -hmm. That's why I have to. I'm doing it for you. Happy Easter. I'll do it. That's a thousand out of my pocket. You got this guy's name in the report? Do you got this house address in that report? There was a cop at the bottom of your driveway, right? Yeah. 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 The end of the road there. You didn't have the address. Oh, come on. Yeah. They just said it was the end of the road. We got a call to the end of the road, right? And then nobody pointed, hey, it's right back there. Well, that's what Francisco just said. Right. I was right here there. He was popping off. Yeah. 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 Francisco was out there when he seen the cop and heard the gunshot. So, but no reports. So one more time, you would hear gunshots. Everybody in the neighborhood would hear gunshots. The police would be here. So when you hear the chief of police saying, we never responded to shots fired. I would say that's false. It's, they called it something else, but they, re they responded to him popping that gun. Of course. So what do you think when you're watching the news and you hear the chief say, no, we didn't ever. You know, it's like calling everybody liars. Are you a liar? No, that's what I'm saying. I was, that's what pissed me off about that. Like, no, we act like no one even reported it. So. Here's one that could have been stopped. We found McCray's father at home. He didn't want to speak directly to camera, but he told us he didn't know his son was sick. He raised him the best he could. Mr. McCray, did, did you ever let the uh, police know that he had a weapon? I didn't know what my son had. I was not raising him either. I didn't know he had a damn gun at all. I, I wasn't raising him. You did the best you can as a dad. And you leave the door, you know what's going to mind to do. I know. You know what I mean? I raised him in church. I got him good, took him out of his feet, took him to church. But the question remains, why didn't the authorities do as best they could? So Ralph, a few questions, if you don't mind. Yeah. Let me start with the beginning of this piece. Uh, you're a, you rose to the ranks of uh, the chief of one of the largest departments in the United States of America. Did that on the face of it, that stop back in 2019 in the darkness, did that appear as a legal and textbook stop to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, the, the, it, from my point of view, uh, there was plenty of articulable, reasonable suspicion uh, to address him. And once he voluntarily said he had a gun, um, that was not coerced. It was not forced. Um, and you can literally see it. And that's the beauty in having body camera uh, and uh, microphone footage. And then once he says that he does not have a pistol, like a concealed pistol license, uh, that's a clear cut CPL violation. I mean, it's 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 classic. It's it, it, it's textbook. It doesn't get any easier than that. The guy damn near locked himself up. So under the Terry uh, principle, the Supreme Court, there was reasonable mm -hmm. suspicion it was dark, rash of robberies yep. there. The man reaches mm -hmm. for a pocket. He says he had a pistol. The, the officer is allowed to detain him for his own safety to, yes. to take care for, of the pistol. For, for, for what's called a pat down uh, of, of the outer clothing uh, to detect uh, any offensive weapon. So there, there was nothing about that that could not have been articulated. And the video shows it clearly. And then when you let, then when you layer on the circumstances about the uh, break-ins, 
uh, I mean, for officer safety, he had a he had an expectation uh, to to at least c conduct a pat down and frisk. But again, once he said, "I have a pistol," I have a three eighty, and then he says, "I don't have a license to carry it." I mean, he prosecuted his own case. Okay, uh, now that's interesting. That leads to my next question. Hmm. He was up to. There was going to be a hearing. Any good mm -hmm. defense lawyer is going to challenge every stop constitutional. Oh, of course. That, that, of, course. Yeah, of course. See, That's their job. Know, that's your job. That's their job. Okay. Yeah. So the, the prosecution, I went to court. I pulled all the records. Up to six days before that hearing, they, they filed a motion um, against the quashing of the evidence, like mm -hmm. explaining basically exactly what you yeah. did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> six days later, out of nowhere, a plea bargain comes. Have you ever heard of carrying a concealed weapon being turned in, uh, being turned into transporting one on a bicycle? No, I have not. That's you did twenty five years with the Detroit Police. Twenty five with Detroit, two more with DPS. You heard it CD. all. I mean, dude, there ain't no town like this town. You never heard transporting no. a weapon on on a bicycle is a okay. No, and and, and Charlie. Uh, if anybody could have done something with uh, that kind of creative writing, uh, you know the history of DPD. We ended up under a consent judgments, and never was that an issue. That's well put. Creative writing. Thirdly, they give him the they, <laughs> they give him the misdemeanor for mm -hmm. a, uh, probation for a year. It looks, mm -hmm. and I have to pay more to get transcripts. He kept smoking right. the weed. He kept mm -hmm. twice. In fact, they, they increased his probation another six months for turning up dirty. Is that a red flag? Should the guy have been violated? It sure is. And, and, and Charlie, that's the thing. These double secret, you know, you're on probation for life and, you know, just keep um, extending, especially when it comes to crimes that could have a violence, a violent nexus. And when a gun is involved, that's where you have to draw the red line in the sand. If this is, you know, anything else, sure, we understand the overcrowding. We understand how much it costs to incarcerate. And this this hits me hard because just yesterday, I'm chatting with Ariel's mother, who is still dealing with the aftermath of sending her child to college at Michigan State University, a stellar student, a up-and-coming, wanted to be a doctor, a surgeon. Her life snuffed out because our criminal justice system just gave this guy a, a, a slap on the wrist for something that if you followed New York's model even, and he did two years for the gun, three years, five years, whatever it took to keep someone carrying a gun illegally off the street it would have saved lives so that's what pisses me off it's important for me to say here i've reached out to the prosecutor's office the former assistant prosecutor that cut this deal the attorney general's office and i've heard shit and that's not going to stand next question sir in terms of shots fired this is a coding <laughs> question for you yes it's not always shots fired, is it? Could it also be special circumstance or disturbance? You, 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 you hear what I'm saying? It, 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 could, yeah, it could be a disturbance. Um, it could be, um, I mean, it could be a, a plethora of different calls. But what you would look at, at least reasonably, 
you would look at the number of calls for service in that area. And I would guarantee you, as you have reported, that if you look at the number of calls that come to that area, now you have a an affirmative reason to have some type of intervention. See, what the hell is causing my officers to be called to this one place disproportionately? Because if you don't do that analysis, Charlie, it's 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 a crime waiting to happen. If it wasn't Michigan State students, it would have been some of those neighbors mm. uh, because you you can't. Well, I'll put it this way. When I was a commander at the ninth precinct uh, and Charlie, you know, the ninth precinct, you know, it's crime. Reputation. Oh, wait, you mean ninth precinct four, eight, two, oh, die four, eight, two, zero, five, four, eight, four, eight. two, oh, die. Thank you, Ken. Uh, Scout car area nine six at a point was the highest crime area in the United States of America per capita, and with and a part of our Comstat process was examining how many calls of service that you have going in this area. What kind of calls are they? Where are they coming from? Who's making the calls? And if you if crime you do mapping any kind of with, with the computer crime, crime mapping, mapping, yes, yes. And if you do any kind of due diligence, you've got to have an intervention because if nothing else, if you if you have a disproportionate call, number of calls in one area, then that means you have other areas that are not being covered. And if you don't mitigate why you're getting all these damn calls, th that's wasted resources. Which so leads me to this. somebody. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Which leads me to this. No. Um, shots fired, civil disturbance, a lot of calls. That's, mm -hmm. that, that's a that's a big deal. A man yes. is on probation, okay? All mm -hmm. you have to do is the neighbors are given a name or they're, they're I don't have those reports yet. Who knows? Right. The, the police are being trained under this group of prosecutors mm -hmm. to know that guns aren't a big deal to them. They're not gonna, they're, you know, you saw what happened. They're not gonna see yeah. it through. Mm -hmm. So cops show up, they do what they do. They don't write it all down, they move on. But here's the question. The guy's under probation, and if this pans mm -hmm. out to be true, the cops with the court and the probation officer have every right to go into the house, right? Yes. There's been talk about you. I want to mm -hmm. see if you have weapons. Do you have mm -hmm. a weapon? Boom, you're going in the you're going in the cooler. Yes? No warrant. Or at necessary. least knock, knock on the door and have, ask, ask, ask a question. It's called investigation. It's, it's, that's simply what it is. And, and if you do your due diligence from an investigative standpoint, uh, you will have a reason to knock on number of doors in that area. Because, again, if you look at the number of calls for service that are coming in that one area, because we're not talking about um, East. Uh, we're not talking about East Los Angeles or cent uh, Central L.A., uh, South Central L.A. We're not talking about Mac and Bewick in Detroit. Talk about Lansing. Oh, talking about mean, Lansing, Michigan, the you state mean capital. this, this seat uh, of East state Lansing. government, right? Exactly. Next, to, next exactly. to one of the largest campuses that don't allow weapons in Michigan. Absolutely. Like a, a place absolutely. there should be absolutely zero tolerance. Yeah. But there's Charlie, money there. it's another thing. It's a slap in the face to the police officers that risk their lives to get the guns off the street. My God. Because if you if you let the if you if you set a tone, a culture where there's no punishment, there's no ramification for carrying a gun illegally, the officers are the first line of defense. And they're the ones and, 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 and it's 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 tragic that these kids lost their lives on that campus it's an outrage but but very well the officer that we saw on that camera approaching this guy because we know we know he don't mind pulling the trigger because he did it that officer could have died that night 
So when you when you have officers that risk their lives and you ask them to get illegal weapons off the street or get weapons from people to carry them illegally, and then you give them a pat on the back and send them out with a coke and a smile, that is a slap in the face to the police officers. Well said. And, and, it, and, and Charlie, it disincentivized the officer to go out there and make that extra leap of risk to get the gun. If I know the guy is going to be out before I finish the paperwork, why the hell am I going to risk my life? But, but can I say that how, how calm that officer was in that encounter? He was amazingly calm. I mean, he, amazing. he was, yeah, exactly. I mean, and usually we see there's a level of aggression that incites mm -hmm. a level of criticism and sometimes it yeah. influences a negative outcome. This guy was extremely calm even after he told him he had a weapon, even after, I mean, I, that shouldn't go unnoticed in my opinion. He treated the guy with dignity, Karen, right? You know, I, I, I think did. it's Zolnai and uh, mm. I don't have you know, the name in front of me, but uh, I've been, I looked at it a million times. Uh, anybody listening, I'm going to try to get a hold of him, but uh, I got a lot of respect for the job he was doing that night. Very well, professional. Karen, that is a, a very astute observation uh, because under, I mean, we've seen officers lose it for much less yeah. speculating. They thought they saw a weapon or a furtive gesture. This guy said, I got a gun and I'm not carrying it legally. This officer stayed cool, calm, he, I mean, he 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 was a model officer of de-escalating a situation. Yep, he was, and I don't think that should be overlooked. Well said, absolutely. Again, uh, our, our our deep respect to those that do the job, do it right, do it well. And again, don't disincentivize them from doing it because we're depending on you. Let's enforce the laws that we have. Um, do we have? Okay, here's here's. I, I want to just move this to the end point here. <clears throat> there was a job posting but we couldn't find out where the posting was for a director of the office of sustainability here in, in detroit and uh mm -hmm. it's been awarded to jack ankin losudu congratulations jack on the 150 or so you're making just another crony in this town of cronies stacked upon crony how many people <laughs> are making six figures um the department is six years old uh they've replaced a couple of roofs for seniors uh, they promised to make homes resilient to wastewater flooding basements. That obviously didn't happen for you, Karen. Um, and we got 48 electric cars for uh, parking tickets. Thank you, Joe Biden and the American Recovery Act. Um, but comedian Detroit Red wanted to apply for the job. And since it's gone, Red wanted to let the mayor know what he's missed. And if, if you're out there... Uh, possibly future director, right? Can you hear me, brother? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, you're on the couch. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you well, uh, man. I, I, look, you know what? I, fig I figured if I was going to be serious about the job, I had to say fuck the stains and start looking at sustaining the stability of the stain. Okay? So, you know, we, we, we on the ground here, and, and I'm going to bathe in a, a bathtub of Lysol when I get home. That's another thing, but just want to tell the mayor in the office, look here, you've done a fabulous job sustaining the same bullshit that's been there for six years. As you can see, we are in this nice, beautiful, illegal dumping site right here. You can come over, take a nice lounge on the couch. If I don't keep my rent paid, I might end up here, actually. It's pretty already furnished and shit. They need electric cars to give out tickets. Well, how about hiring two kids with electric mowers to come cut this shit down? 
six years sustainability. They have been doing a fabulous job like sustaining throwing the witches out of the box and shit. It's even new with some stains in it. Sustaining the same old Detroit land bank houses. See, they come and change the sign on the thing every six months to make sure you can enough sustain ass house that's not been torn down. And then of course you can't have a sustained neighborhood, of course, without your sustained pile of trash, fans, garbage. I mean, they're doing a fabulous ass job. So hey, do now me. they're going to sustain green. Do me a favor, kick you know that, that pile. Kick that, that means pile. The new kick that pile. Kick. See if your rats come out of it. Oh, uh, 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 uh. No. Oh no, shit! Never empty. The rats move the fuck on. They wanted better places to live. <laughs> What about the roofs okay, on those houses? That's how well sustained this is. The mayor said they've been replacing the roofs on roof? <laughs> As I can see, they missed this neighborhood. The whole fucking roof's gone, including the top floor. As you can see, there is no roof there. They haven't sustained that well at all. So while you're buying sustained. electric cars to give out more tickets, sustain, sustain, stain, uh, bullshit. That's what it all is, bullshit. See, that's Another that's, dude making six fix the same shit. See, that's what Red could bring to this job. It's bullshit. See, he could do more for less. He could add letters to words. Like, <laughs> that's all for free. <laughs> oh, he froze. He got, so, he got so bad, he froze out. Charlie, I have to tell you this. If anybody thinks that what we talk about in terms of things that have been overlooked or things that are just being pushed, drive street side through this city. I had to do that today and yesterday. I'm telling you, if you're not within those one or two, three neighborhoods that you constantly see on the news, this city continues to be broke and broken and old neighborhoods are overlooked. I, I mean, go see for yourself. Let's look, go back to Red here. Go ahead, Red. I, look, look, we're sustaining so well. This is major Stellantis plant we brought you. Who's? Actually, not fucking working right now. Great sustaining. This shit is great. This is great. They can't even sustain fucking internet over here. That's why we keep dropping the call. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. This shit is, is like crazy. As you know what's funny? Normally in these type of neighborhoods, you'll see a stray dog. You, I haven't seen a stray dog for three hours we've been out here. Because it's so well sustained at nothing. <laughs> so while nice. you're buying eels... I don't. I don't get that. What are they running the new EV vehicles on? Double A batteries and shit. We can't even keep the lights on when the sun is out. I'm scared I'm gonna have a blackout when I go home because the fucking sun is shining. So great job. Another title created that I don't think is going to do a damn thing. Uh, sustain some more bullshit for some more years and keep the people garbage and look at it. So active. So sustained. <laughs> kind of looks like a chemical fog over that some bitch, don't it? It's, looks like we're in Lower Umpton, near Higher Umpton. Some shine over there is just foggy and hazy all the time. Oh yeah, nice fresh air over here too. Smells just like plant runoff. Thanks a lot. You sustain my green environment. <laughs> Maybe this is why I didn't get the job. I was too busy looking at real shit to sustain. <laughs> Wait, what do you me, want? Just, pitch me, Red. What would you do pitch, to pitch, pitch this? Pitch me here. What would I do? I would go first and reenact maybe the summer youth program. You know, them guys like to make money. Maybe this would 
Hell, go start back the summer job program. Hire the young folks that's busy running around this beating each other with not Warner pistols to come clean this shit up. That's it. You want to sustain some shit. Now you cut a little crime. You shit picked up in the neighborhood. Let's try taking some of that fucking money we gave you to tear down houses. The fucking houses down. <laughs> that might help. I'm just saying. I mean, maybe if they just did some of the shit they lied to us about doing to get our money <laughs> instead of giving it away downtown, we could actually get some shit done here. All I'm seeing is more trees growing for no fucking reason. And these ain't even trees. These are weed plants that's been here so fucking long, they look like trees. <laughs> Again, I'm trying. I'm starting to see why I may not have gotten a position. <laughs> Just You're overqualified. Man. Sustaining. I'm un overqualified. Yeah, because I got common sense. Well, let me ask you this, man. This is great. We, we 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 kicked about a half a billion dollars into that Stellantis plant. They promised us it was going to be like three shifts going for like thirty straight years. You telling me there ain't no shift third shift going on right now? I don't see shit going on there. The cranes wasn't moving, and we got here at 3 o'clock. This shit looked like the skyscraper. A bunch of equipment that's not moving. Hey, let's go check out your wardrobe. My wardrobe? Oh, look here. You ever down on your luck? You need to get you some extra material to make some clothes. You come find some fine poly, I don't know what the hell this is, stuffing, make you a nice winter coat. Hell, we can shop over here all day long. What? If the heat's too high? DTE shut off in the middle of the winter? Just come over here. Get you pieces of trees and shit and rocks. Build you a fire pit. And look, this is good outdoor living for you. <laughs> Wash your shit in one of the puddles around here and then just hang it up to dry. Okay? I'm a survivor. That's, That's what we're going to be in a minute if this shit keep going like this. That is so sustainability, okay? man. Sustainability. So sustainability. And you see how I made use of the tall weed tree. We hung the clothes on it. I thought that was a raccoon. Great. I really did too. No, raccoons have even moved. Karen, this neighborhood is so fucking empty, the grass is talking about moving. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we were standing over here. <laughs> Love the Detroit police for all they work, right? So we're over here waiting to do this bit. And I saw them go up the block on the next block, which they could see me too, because there's no fucking houses from here to there. And I just knew they was going to come around here and say, hey, what are you two white-looking guys doing over here with camera equipment sitting on the couch? What are you doing? They didn't give a fuck. I ain't seen them since. Matter of fact, Byron, we need to get the fuck out of here before some of this sustainability come fuck us up. That's all I'm saying. The sun's really going down now. All right, get the fuck on out of there, brother. Man. See you later. Thanks, man. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll see you Monday. <laughs>